choir musicians and young people, handbells, thank you so very much. You have blessed our souls. Let me apologize to you uh, at the beginning. As much as I love looking at and being part of uh, the uh, accoutrements here in our sanctuary, especially this tree, it's giving me a fit right now. So if I sneeze or hack or whatever, please forgive me. Take your Bible and turn with me, please, to Acts chapter 13. I have just a few remarks, very few remarks this morning, and all God's people said amen. <laughs> and then I'm going to introduce some very special folks. Acts chapter 13. <clears throat> Having found your place, would you pray with me, please? Father, may the Spirit of God take the truth of the Word of God and apply it to our hearts and give to us an understanding of what is before us and its intent and its content. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts 13, verse 1. Now, the word Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, this church, for us to get a little bit more understanding about what was going on here and how it came about, if you would turn back just a couple of pages to uh, chapter 11 of Acts and verse 19. Now, how was there a church at Antioch? Chapter 11 and verse 19. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia, to Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews alone. But now that that changes in the next verse. Verse 20. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And that's the inception of the church at Antioch. And You'll notice we read in verse 1 of chapter 13, there were a number of men there. Um, And the next verse tells us that they were ministering to the Lord. So this was a serving, working church. They were ministering. They had people that were there. And the church, please remember from the 11th chapter, the, uh, the church was based and had its... Inception from the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, I'm sure you well know, as I do, that churches are started for all kinds of reasons today. Uh, it may be a denomination that says, there's a new neighborhood, we need to get a church started there. And I'm not saying anything wrong with these, I'm just saying there's a, a number of different ways that churches are started today. This church 
I would almost say was unique. Perhaps not quite, but it bordered on it anyway. It was started based on the preaching of the Word of God. I suggest to you that there should never be uh, any other kind of church other than one that has its beginning and carries on the preaching of the Word of God. And God, in His grace, draws people there. They come to faith in Christ, and a church is birthed. And that church ministers to its community and to people who do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Verse 2 again, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, there was a dedication that was there, reaching outward and reaching inward, fasting. And while that was going on in that kind of a church, we read verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, set apart to me Barnabas and Saul. He specifically mentions two and says, set them apart for the work to which I have called them. So the church didn't start uh, just poof, and here it was. It was started with the preaching of the Word of God. Missionaries didn't go forth from that church of their own volition. Look at what it says. The Holy Spirit said, set apart to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Why were there these first missionaries throughout the book of Acts? Because God called them. I would suggest to you that preaching and missionary work is not for money. It's not a job. It's not an occupation. It is a calling. God calls men and women to the ministry. And these two men are denominated here for us. Well, you know, um, churches, I don't care how big they are, uh, churches have a a measure of uh, some kind of sadness when uh, folks who are faithful, who love the Lord, and they are called out of that church to another work in another place. I don't think there's anything wrong with the church having at least a note of sensitivity about that. You don't want to see people go. And you know God has called them, so what are you going to do? You're going to do what the church there did. Verse 3 of Acts 13. And when they had fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them, what did they do? The word, the verb in the next phrase is uh, rendered sent. It more rightly is released. A church built on the Word of God, ministering church. The Holy Spirit says, set apart these two to me to serve elsewhere. And the church released them. Now, later on, the church would support them as well. But it seems to me this is a church that was obedient. These were people who were obedient, mentioned there as Barnabas and Saul. Obedient people and obedient church. 
they released them. I don't like releasing folks. <laughs> I just have to tell you the truth. You know? <clears throat> and um, our service this morning uh, has largely to do with two that we are releasing. We're not sending them away. That's, I, 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 don't, know, I don't understand. Uh, I guess uh, the linguistic people uh, who rendered the translation there felt like there was a sufficient amount in the last verb of verse 3 that they could render it sent. And I think I can understand what that word sent means. But frankly, I like the word released. God called them. We release them to go do what God called them to do. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to release. We're not giving them away. We're not sending them out of here. We're releasing them to do what God called them to do. And we're going to stand with them. And we're going to support them. I've asked James Peavy to come. James and Lauren. uh, Lauren will join him in a moment or two. But I've asked James to come. And um, dependent upon the last time I talked with James, uh, when they get some papers from our government, and who knows when that's going to be, I think Kim has written letters to senators and everybody else saying, would you hold these papers up? Uh, but, But anyway, I've asked James to come and give us a little bit of a foretaste of what their next few weeks will entail. And let me just say up front, if all goes well, the last thing James said to me was, Perhaps within the ten, next 10 days, uh, they would be leaving uh, to go to Dominican Republic. James, come and fill us in on some of the other details and let folks know where you're going to be. And particularly, I want you to tell them some of the things you told me about the family that you're going with and how you all are going to communicate. Uh, um. We actually are not waiting on the American embassy. Uh, we're waiting on the Dominican embassy. And if you've dealt with Latin American lifestyles at all, they can sometimes be slow. But we are very positive that we will be getting our visas back uh, by the end of next week. And December 12th is the day that we told the Dominican consulate down in Miami that we were planning on leaving. And they gave me their word that they would try to have it done before then. So our goal is to be out of here by December 12th, making last sun- or next Sunday our last Sunday here. Um, we will be moving to La Romana in the Dominican Republic. It's a coastal town, and I'll be working in a seminary eventually. Our first little bit will be learning Spanish. Uh, we have to get there and get set up in a home um, so as we arrive, we will be staying with a Dominican pastor. His name's uh, Pastor Ramon Castro, and he is uh, not at all conversant in English. Uh, he, he knows um, less English than I did Spanish when we started language school. Um, so that's it's going to be fun, but we are, we are at a point now where we can at least communicate. I joke that I sound like a five-year-old when I talk in Spanish, but... Uh, I don't sound much better in English. So, so we are 
uh, excited about that opportunity. Um, when we first land, we'll pr it'll probably take us about three to four weeks to find a house to set up to uh, move into and buy, buy a car, set a bank account, um, phone, everything you can possibly think of if starting from scratch. And so we uh, have to buy all of our new furniture. We have all of our bags packed, most of our furniture sold. Kim's going to be excited to have her garage back when uh, our, our stuff finally gets shipped out of here. Uh, she's been parking in the driveway and she's going to be excited to be able to park inside. Uh, so we're, we're very thrilled. This is a long time coming. If most of you know, we started off uh, five years ago planning to go to Australia. Uh, things were very difficult for us to get there. And then once we raised our support, Australian government told us basically that uh, they didn't, uh, weren't going to be giving us a, a religious workers visa. And so we were forced to find somewhere else to go to minister to and wound up with the Dominican Republic back in January. And so within a year, our lives have changed from going to a Western country of uh, English speaking and uh, a different type of ministry to going to the Dominican Republic, learning Spanish and uh, living in the hottest climate without, without air conditioning. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. This is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys will be able to come down eventually and uh, send some groups down and uh, experience it with us. Um, but we appreciate Pastor Ross and we appreciate this church. You guys have been obviously a home for Lauren uh, from her childhood. And I think there's a slideshow picture of Noah McCreary when he was a little kid. And you need to look at that one. Um, and Tyler Center. Uh, and you'll see those later. But you've been a home for Lauren. And I appreciate the help you have given Mark and Kim in raising her, uh, making her the godly woman that she is. And uh, you have become a home for me. Uh, when we leave here in a little bit over maybe eight to ten days, um, I know it'll be a joyous time, but it is very, it is sad for us to think about leaving because it is leaving family. And we appreciate you and we appreciate the prayers that you have offered on our behalf and the support and the encouragement and the laughs. Um, and so I look forward to uh, reporting to you from the Dominican Republic soon, very soon. Thank you. If you can say it in Spanish. <laughs> it is fairly common, I think, and I should have had uh, Tom Lowell speak to this, uh, but missionaries are ordained, they are dedicated, they are consecrated, they are commissioned. I said to one of our deacons earlier this morning, everything in the world happens to missionaries who are going to the field other than being catechized and, catechized and simonized. And that might happen somewhere along the way too. But uh, our deacons, uh, we are planning in just a moment for each of our deacons to have a word of encouragement to uh, the Peavies. Now, I realize, and we've planned it so that this is a private word uh, from each one of the deacons, just a brief word to the peavies. So you will not be privy to what they say to them. And I personally think that's all right. Uh, uh, just a, a particular word of encouragement from deacons representing Wake Chapel Church. Now, what are you going to do during that time? 
Well, I, I, I will share with you what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to pray for the Peavies. Full church, everybody praying for the Peavies. Maybe you don't know them that well. If you're a, a guest with us this morning, if you're a visitor, uh, the Lord will hear your prayer just the same as with anybody else's. And even if you don't know them, just ask the Lord to go before them. Protect them. Get them there safely. Get them set up uh, in a, a guest house initially. Help them to find a place and help them to get started with their ministry. So if you are not one of our deacons, just pray for them for these next few moments. Would you do that, please? Lauren and James, if you would stand right here in front of this pulpit. Deacons, if you would please stand. Congregation, if you would pray. Deacons, if you will come. James and and Lauren Peavy and Michael and Caroline are truly partners in the gospel. We are blessed at Wake Chapel with a large and a wonderful missionary family, and our relationship with the Peavies is unique in the sense of the fact that they have been partnering with us the last years here in various ministries of our church. They have been plugged in teaching, leading, singing, uh, taking youth on canoeing trips, fishing trips, hiking trips. I, I couldn't name it all. You folks know better than I. And you've been involved. And we're, as Ross has said, we're just releasing them to go be involved somewhere else for a while. And I am assured that when they're back with us for visits, they will plug right in and be partners here again. That's the way the Lord has wired their hearts for ministry and for their church family and for the field to which they're going. We're going to sing a song that we sing every Sunday, but we're going to do the order just a little bit differently this morning. We're going to sing God Be With You Till We Meet Again. And we usually sing it to one another, and we'll do that this morning as well, but we're going to really direct it to these folks down here. They're going to be remaining down front, and while we're singing... We're going to just get a few little snapshots of their involvement in different areas of ministry here at Wake Chapel the last uh, close to three years. And uh, after uh, we sing God Be With You Till We Meet Again, then Dave McCreary, one of our deacons, will lead us in a benediction. And then some of these slides will continue rolling uh, after we're dismissed. Uh, Dave will lead us in prayer, the chimes will sound, and then we will uh, be dismissed. But the congregation, let me ask you, let's stand together, please. And let's sing God Be With You Till We Meet Again like we've never sung it before. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful, tremendously grateful to have the opportunity to come and worship together today. And what a special service it has been. We've had the chance to reflect on your perfect peace and you being the Prince of Peace as the peace candle is still burning bright. 
Please help us to share your goodwill with others this Christmas season. We've also had the privilege of honoring James and Lauren. We love and appreciate them deeply. And we wish them and their family well as they move to the Dominican Republic to share your gospel with the people there who need to know you and need to grow in the faith. Thank you that we can partner with them in every sense of that word, Lord, and that we can partner in the ministry of Baptist Mid-Missions as they endeavor to build Christ's church internationally. And now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good word you do working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.